Hello and thank you for joining me here today at Why the Book Wins, where I compare books with their movie adaptations. My name is Laura and today I am talking about Mary Poppins by P.L. Travers, published in 1934, and I'm comparing it with the Disney movie from 1964, directed by Robert Stevenson. And this won a book first movie poll I posted on my YouTube community page, so as always, don't forget to subscribe to my channel if you are not already, and hit the notification bell, that way you can know when I have another book first movie poll, and I do them pretty regularly, and currently on my community page, you can submit just whatever book first movie episode you want me to do and from the list of submissions I will be choosing three of them and September will be like subscriber September month where every book first movie I do is one that a subscriber submitted on that list on my community page. So even though we're in the middle of August you still have time to get one in so if you have not already submitted a request go ahead and do that. And then also next week is my season three why the book wins wrap up where I look back on the past year and the 51 book first movie episodes I have done. So August 12th is my three-year anniversary. So around that time each year, I look back on the past year and talk about the best, the worst, and all of that good stuff, as well as sharing some different statistics about the people who watch and listen to my channel and my podcast. So make sure you watch that video, which will be coming out next week. And then one other thing, this month's Patreon video will be about Saving Mr. Banks, which is the story of how Walt Disney got the rights to Mary Poppins from P.L. Travers. So that movie, it did take some liberty. So I will be watching that movie and then in my Patreon video, I'll be sharing my thoughts and comparing it with the true story. So I'm really excited to rewatch that. I saw it in theaters and I loved it. I'm pretty sure it made me cry. And it has Colin Farrell in it. I mean, the cast is amazing, Emma Thompson, Tom Hanks. But I remember Colin Farrell, he's really great and he plays someone who struggles with alcoholism and Colin Farrell himself is sober. So I always love that when an, an actor who is sober and has struggled with addiction is playing someone who struggles with addiction because <laughs> I'm sure it's very close to home for them, right? So anyway, I'm just very excited to rewatch that movie and see what I think about it now and compare it to the true story. So if you become a patron, you will get to watch that video. Moving on now to Mary Poppins. So I will begin with a book review. And I have to say, even before I started this book, I was in a reading slump. So reading this book did feel kind of like a chore. And my reading slump can't be blamed on this book because I was in the slump even before I started it. But it didn't get me out of my slump. So it wasn't one that just really captured me and hooked me and made me want to keep reading. So every time I picked this up, it felt like a job that had to be done, you know? But like Mary Poppins in the movie says, in every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. So you find that fun and snap. The job's a game. <laughs> Which, by the way, I don't think that is not in the book. And I don't think book Mary Poppins, like, she wasn't as uh, cheery. And like, I feel like almost Mary Poppins in the book would have been like, hey, not every job is fun. So just suck it up and do it. <laughs> Whereas movie Mary Poppins is more positive and like, find the fun in everything. And she's never upset. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So basically, this book, I enjoyed it well enough, but it definitely felt like a chore to read at times. It's basically basically what I'm saying. And each chapter is like its own story. So each, you know, it begins with uh, the banks needing a nanny and then Mary Poppins applies and is hired. And then from there, each chapter is just a different event that happens while Mary Poppins is their nanny. And there's not really any like overarching narrative going on. Like, I guess the kids kind of change from beginning to end. But yeah, I, they're just, I think because there was no overall plot, I think that was another reason why it was hard for me to get into because each chapter was just its own story. 
story. So it's not one that made me want to keep reading to figure out what happens next because each story was very self-contained, you know, which can be a cool way to write a book, especially a children's book, because you could read this to your kids in each chapter. They're like 10 to 15 minutes long, depending on the chapter. So each night you could read a chapter, which is its own story, and then, you know, pick it up the next night and on a new story. So I do like books when they're written that way for that sake. But yeah, I did kind of wish there was more of an overarching story to help keep me interested, but there really wasn't. So earlier this year, I read Peter Pan and that one I absolutely loved. And it was just very silly and whimsical and fun and cute. And I was hoping Mary Poppins would kind of capture me the way Peter Pan did. But yeah, as far as children books goes, this one is good, but it's definitely not my favorite children's book that I've ever read. And moving on to the movie review, I don't want to sound like a total Mary Poppins hater right now, but even as a kid, this was not my favorite movie to watch. And I remember thinking that it was just kind of long. And I also remember as a kid, I really did not like the part where Dick Van Dyke is dancing with the penguins. Like he like does his pants weird so that he kind of has like the legs of a penguin. And as a kid, I just did not like that. And I just thought it was weird and something about it I just didn't like. <laughs> so yeah, and as an adult watching it, there's definitely times where it feels like it kind of goes on a bit too long. Specifically, you know, the parts with the penguin and the whole chalk world when they're with the cartoons. And I get at the time mixing live action and cartoon was probably really cool and audiences love to see it. But as an adult in 2023, I felt like that whole section just kind of went on too long and I was just wanting them to move on with the story and get out of this cartoon world. Having said that, I do think the casting is amazing and I absolutely love Dick Van Dyke as Bert. He was just so charming. And then Julie Andrews as Mary Poppins was again, just so perfect. And I loved seeing her and she, and she obviously has an incredible singing voice. And I also really loved the ending. So like the last 20 minutes or so, I just really loved. And the last bit even got me a bit teary eyed, even though I knew it was gonna happen. I've seen this before, but yeah, I was really touched by this movie. And so the last 20 minutes kind of makes up for like the boredom I might, I might have felt earlier on in the movie. Uh, and I was just talking about Peter Pan. So I wanted to mention real quick a scene in the movie when they're hiring for nannies and Mary Poppins comes in and she applies and she's hired. And so the dad, after he hires her, he tells the maid like, oh, go tell the other applicants that the position has been filled. And there are no other applicants. So the maid opens the door and the only person there is just the neighborhood dog. And so the dog is just on the doorstep and the maid is like, the position has been filled. And then she shuts the door on the dog and the dog runs away, which is just in and of itself is just a cute, silly scene. But I couldn't help but think of Peter Pan. It seems like they're referencing Peter Pan in a way, right? Because in Peter Pan, the kids have a nanny that is a dog. <laughs> so I thought that was a cute reference. And again, I don't know if that was what they were intending to reference, but because Peter Pan is still fresh in my mind, that's what I thought of. And then from here on out, I will be getting into the details of the plot of book and movie. So I will be getting to spoilers for the rest of the video. So beginning with the book plot, like I said, there isn't much of a plot to, to this book and each chapter is just kind of a standalone story. And it is Mrs. Banks that advertises she needs a nanny and Mrs. Banks is the one who hires Mary Poppins. And Mrs. Banks is the, the parent who is around a bit more, but even her, like she's not a big character in this story. And the dad, he works in a bank in the book, but he, again, he's just not in very much. But yeah, in the movie, Mr. Banks hires Mary Poppins, whereas in the book, it is Mrs. Banks. So that's like in the first chapter. And then yeah, each chapter is a different event. And some of them are stories that we do see play out in the movie, including Mary Poppins having an uncle and he starts laughing so much that he's floating. And then the kids start laughing and they float and then they have a, a tea party while they're floating. So that is in the book. And then we also have, you know, Mary and Bert going into the chalk drawing world, which in the movie, this scene is extended and the kids are also with them. Whereas in the book, it is just Mary and Bert who go into the chalk drawing world. And then we also have the lady who like sells food for the birds, you know, tuppence a bag, feed the birds that was in the book. 
as well as the fact that Mary Poppins can speak to animals. And the book also has Admiral Boom, the guy who lives on their street and he like sets off the cannon. So he is in both book and movie. But then some other stories that are not seen in the movie is on M Mary Poppins' birthday, in the middle of the night, the kids are woken up and taken to the zoo. And during the night, the zoo animals are like talking to humans and walking around and having a party to celebrate Mary Poppins' birthday. And since the animals are out of the enclosures, instead they have humans in the animal enclosures, specifically Admiral Boom, he's one of them. And they say that it's the people who stayed after hours. And now like, since they stayed in the zoo after it closes, now the people have to be put in the cages. So that was kind of funny. But yeah, they meet the king of the jungle who is a snake in this version, which I thought was interesting. But then they also meet these two ladies who like, this is another story. They meet these two ladies who are made out of food or candy. And then the ladies like break off pieces of their fingers to feed to the kids. And it's like, tastes like peppermint. But then when it grows back, it'll be gingerbread instead. And so that was kind of an interesting one. And then there's another one where a star comes down from the sky and she comes down in like the form of a girl and she wants to do Christmas shopping for her star siblings. And so, and so Mary Poppins and the kids go with her to go shop. And then also in the book, Jane and Michael have two younger siblings who are twins. I think their names were John and Barbara and they are babies that are twins and they get their own chapter where we, where we find out that when kids are like babies, they can speak to the trees and the wind and the animals and they can communicate with them. Once a child reaches a certain age though, they stop being able to do that. And so John and Barbara, as they're talking to, you know, this bird, they're being told that eventually they won't be able to. And the kids are like, what? No, like we'll be able to do this forever. But then as the story goes on, eventually the kids do grow up and they have a birthday and they turn one or something. And now they're no longer able to speak to the wind or the birds. And the bird they had been talking to comes back and tries to talk to them, but they no longer understand the bird. And so the bird is very sad about this. And of course, Mary Poppins is the exception though, where even though she is a grown up, she can still talk to the creatures and the elements. And then we also have a story about a woman who has two daughters who grow up to be very tall, as well as another lady who has a dog named Andrew, who she treats like a person. And both of these stories are referenced in the movie in that beginning song that Bert is singing. He references those two stories, which I did want to talk about Bert because in the movie, Bert is a huge character. He is, you know, there for all of these adventures almost. Whereas in the book, he is only in like the chalk drawing story and then that's it. <laughs> so they gave him a much bigger role in the movie. And like I said, I love Dick Van Dyke in this role. I thought he was amazing. And so I liked that they made him more of a character. And P.L. Travers, when she saw that they were including Bert in more, she was adamant that there not be a romance between Mary Poppins and Bert. And Disney didn't add a romance. So I did like that. And I like stories about people who are just friends and they respect each other and have a like a platonic love for each other. And that is what seems to be between Mary Poppins and Bert. And it also is like almost implied, you could say that maybe when Bert was a kid, Mary Poppins had been his nanny because he says how like, you know, something is about to happen that has happened before. And then he clearly knows Mary Poppins and she knows him. So I don't know if that's like just a theory or if that's been proven true, but yeah, so that was a detail that is not in the book. And then of course, to talk, talk about Mary Poppins herself. So in the book, like I said, she's just not as like cheery and positive and jolly. And I'm never in a bad mood, which is what she says in the movie. They say like, and the kids, the list for a nanny is they want a nanny who is never cross. And Mary Poppins is like, oh, I'm never cross. But in the book, there's like certain stories where Mary Poppins specifically says that she's in a bad mood and the kids like try to stay out of her way. But also in the book, she's incredibly vain, which we see in the movie to some extent because she clearly cares about her appearance. And I do like how in the laughing story in both book and movie, Mary Poppins floats to go join them, but she's not laughing. Like she's more like self-contained and she just chooses to float up to join them. So I like that the movie kept that the same. But then we also have in the movie where she measures herself and it measures like Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. So 
we do see her vanity to some extent, but it seems like it was just more of a thing in the book where she was always like admiring her reflection. And then, yeah, she's like a nice person, of course, but she is also just more serious in general. And maybe uh, like when she does kind actions, she like, for example, the star that comes to visit is cold. So Mary Poppins gives the star her gloves, but she almost seems like just kind of wants to brush off the fact that she did something nice and is like almost uncomfortable or something, like not wanting to acknowledge that she just did something nice. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. And in general, yeah, she was just more no nonsense in the book, whereas in the movie, she was a bit more lighthearted. But to talk about the movie, because the movie does have an overarching plot throughout, which relates to the parents, because in the movie, Mrs. Banks is a suffragette, which by the way, the book takes place in the 1930s. So that's like not a thing. And the mom is just a regular person. Whereas yeah, so the, in the movie, the mom is very much into politics and that takes priority over spending time with her kids. And then the dad works at the bank and he's just very obsessed with his job and his money and responsibilities. And so the overarching story is the change that happens to the parents, not the kids, but the parents. And by the end of the movie, them realizing what actually is important. And so we have the dad who works at the bank and the kids go to the bank during the day. And then there's some drama that happens and it causes a run on the bank due to something that Michael did. And so later in the day, Mr. Banks is fired because of this. But at this point in the story, he kind of, he kind of goes a little crazy, but he also realizes that, you know, he was focusing on the wrong thing and he goes home and there was a kite. The kids wanted to fly, but it was broken at the start of the movie. And so he goes home and he fixes the kite. And then the mom contributes her suffragette sash as a tail. And then they go fly the kite together. And the broken kite, you know, it clearly symbolizes their broken family at the start of the movie. But by the end of the movie, both parents come together to fix the broken kite and they also fix their broken family. And yeah, I was just very touched by this ending. Like I said, I knew what was going to happen. But yeah, starting with like when Bert is talking to Mr. Banks, when he's, you know, cleaning up the living room after all the chimney sweeps had been in there. And Mr. Banks is all in a huff and angry about everything. And Bert kind of, you know, says something to him about Mary Poppins and stuff. And it gets the dad thinking. And then he goes to the bank and he's fired. And then yeah, just his change of heart. And then the mom as well. And so yeah, I just really loved that. And I thought it was really sweet and touching. And by the way, Dick Van Dyke plays the old bank manager, which was very funny. And in the end of the movie, he tells the bank manager a joke, which causes him to die of laughter. And so by the end of the movie, Mr. Banks is offered his job back again. So everything is all good. But yeah, as I've already said, none of that was in the book. And the parents aren't really a key part of the book. Like they were definitely like just these side characters who didn't really experience any change unless I missed something. Like if you read the book and you're like, wow, Laura, you're totally wrong, then comment down below and let me know because maybe I missed something. Like I said, I was in a bit of a reading slump while reading this. So maybe Maybe there were details that I didn't quite soak in. But on to the book versus movie, I'm going to say that the movie wins here. Like I said, I like that it has the overarching story. And yeah, they made changes to Mary Poppins character and they made changes to the story on as a whole. So in some ways it's maybe not the most accurate adaptation, but I just enjoyed the story more and I enjoyed the performances and I thought it was well cast as I said, and it was just really fun to watch. Even though, like I said, the chalk drawing world I thought went on too long. But aside from that, I really enjoyed it. And it does have some great songs. It's not like my favorite songs out of any Disney movie, but there definitely are some really good ones in there. And so if you have read the following books in this series, I would love to know uh, your thoughts on them. And I would love to know too, I guess I could look this up, but I would love to know if the following Mary Poppins books have more of a structured plot or if they're all just kind of episodic, you know? So if you've read any of the sequels, comment down below and let me know. Speaking of sequels, there's Mary Poppins Returns, which I watched around the time it came out but I remember very little. So now I am curious to rewatch 
that. So if I rewatch it, I will probably lump that in my Patreon Saving Mr. Banks video and talk about it there. So, so again, if you want more Mary Poppins content, become a patron and you can watch those videos. But before I end this video, I wanted to share just some fun movie facts because there are so many facts and trivia about this movie. I am just sharing a small fraction of them. But Disney, Walt Disney was very adamant that Julie Andrews be in this movie. She was a Broadway actress and he saw her on Broadway and was very taken with her and offered her the role of Mary Poppins, but at the time she was pregnant. So she was like, oh, I'd love to, but I'm pregnant right now. And Disney was like, that's fine, I'll wait. And then later on when they were casting for it, they were also casting for My Fair Lady. And Julie Andrews had played Eliza Doolittle on the Broadway production. And so she was wanting to be cast in the movie as well. So again, she told Walt Disney like, oh, like I'm not pregnant anymore, but now I really want the role in My Fair Lady. So that's gonna take priority. And Disney once again was like, you know, that's fine. If you get cast in My Fair Lady, we will wait and we will put this off for a year until you are once again available. But as everybody knows, Julie Andrews was not cast in My Fair Lady. The people in charge of that movie were hesitant to cast her because she had never been in a film before. And so they thought it was too risky and they went with Audrey Hepburn instead, which freed up Julie Andrews and she played Mary Poppins. And she was nominated for an Oscar for Mary Poppins and she won. And then, as I said, Dick Van Dyke plays the old bank manager. And it's funny because when he was reading the script, like he was playing Bert, but as he was reading the script, he just loved the character of this bank manager and he just thought he was hilarious. So he went to Disney being like, hey, like, can I play this guy, please? Like put me in old age makeup and like, I really want this role. And he even was like, you don't even have to pay me. I'll just do it for free on top of playing Bert. But Disney, I think he even had him audition for the role and I'm sure he ended up paying him too. But I thought it was funny that Dick Van Dyke was just like really campaigning for the role of this old bank manager. And he is really funny. And the kids did not know that was Dick Van Dyke. And while they were acting, they thought it was really just this old man. So that's pretty funny. And then P.L. Travers was fairly unhappy with how this adaptation turned out. And so Disney, this movie did amazing. So Disney wanted to do a sequel, but P.L. Travers, she just didn't like how this one turned out. And so she did not allow sequels to be made. And so obviously, you know, the sequel wasn't done until like 2019, which was a long time after this movie. And Travers died in the 90s. So the sequel didn't come out until like over 20 years after her death. Uh, so yeah, that's just some fun trivia that I had read. So if you know more trivia, which like I said, there's a lot of behind the scenes trivia about this movie, comment down below and share it with everybody. And again, don't forget to subscribe to my channel to like this video. And yeah, just let me know what your thoughts are on this movie and on the book if you have read it. And if you have not watched my Peter Pan video, I will link to it. So you should definitely check that video out. Like I said, I just absolutely love that book. The movie adaptation was fine. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. So yeah, anyway, check that video out if you have not if you have not already. And thank you so much for watching this video. And, th and thank you to everyone who took part in the book first movie poll, which Mary Poppins had won. And yeah, I will see you next time. Thanks for watching. Thanks again for listening. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, you can email me at whythebookwins at gmail.com. You can also message me on Instagram, which is all one word, whythebookwins. Or you can comment on the YouTube video for this episode if you have thoughts about this specific book and movie. And my YouTube name is, you guessed it, Why the Book Wins. <laughs> and I love interacting with my audience and I'm always replying to my comments and my messages and emails and I love hearing from you guys. So it would mean a lot for me to hear the input that you have. I really appreciate it and I appreciate you listening. And once again, I hope you like this episode and join me next week for the latest installment of Why the Book Wins.